You're listening to Drowning Verdict. Be sure to follow the podcast on your favorite listening platform. We don't want you to miss out on an important case or update. If you haven't already, pull the trigger and subscribe. To have your name brought up in a high-profile crime case is certainly unusual, but two high-profile cases in the same city, not too far apart, that's nearly impossible. But I'm talking about that next, among other things that I think you'll find interesting here on DB. I'm Chip Mahoney. This is Drown and Verdict. This is my true crime podcast where I talk about fascinating stuff just like this, and I go more in depth with the case or cases. And you might have found me on social media, TikTok and whatnot, but I do like to talk about Crime Network because I'm there. Other shows to discover as well. Some of the biggest names, curated content for you, True Crime, where you can also take a comedy break for just a relief from all the true crime and all the tragedy. And that's what we do, Crime Network, Crime with a Y link in the descript. Otherwise, Drowning Verdict is featured on Spotify and you can find it where we get your favorite podcasts out there in the podverse, the known universe where all that content swims about, and it's just endless. Well, I'm there to provide maybe a unique idea, a new idea on something, but definitely a topic of convo to keep the conversation going on open, active cases, important cases, just like the stuff I've got for you today. And although they're not open, there's still more to be talked about and learned here. And I'm talking about Ashton Kutcher and an unlikely link between not one, but two high profile cases in the same city. One being the Hollywood Ripper, the other being the recent Danny Masterson rape trial. So that's unusual to me. And also there's a thing in the Hollywood Ripper case that's always bothered me uh, when it comes to his testimony, uh, Ashton Kutcher, and what he talks about there. It's always bothered me. Don't know if it's anything, but I'm going to talk about that here today. And I think it's going to be a good episode for you. If you've heard me before and it wasn't just a drive-by, as I like to say, you're dropping the clip on me, turning the crossover SUV back around. Well, I do appreciate that. Know that I try, you know, and that's in quotations, I try to get bigger and better for you each and every time. Often to give you a reason or reasons for being here. Otherwise, why do it? There's just too much true crime out there. Everybody's trying to solve a case in two seconds online. So I can't do that. I can just provide the commentary, give you my ideas about stuff. But if you like the narrative retelling of stories, you can get that on Crime Network where all that content is curated for you. It's just really kind of easy to get through it. Listen there and then also take that comedy break because all the true crime can just build and build and you just need a break from it. Good comedy as well on Crime Network, Crime with the Y. I think you can have a better headspace. For, forget about online therapy and just listen to comedy. <laughs> just make things a little bit easier for you. But what I 
also like to do is take my magic mind because I think that kind of lifts my spirits. I have it with my coffee, two ounces of goodness. It's got matcha. It's got some other things in there. And I chase it with my coffee because I don't need to be weaned off of coffee or anything. I have McDonald's coffee in the morning, sugar-free, vanilla. It's probably got other chemicals that will totally do harm to me in that McDonald's drink, but that's okay. But if I chase it with the Magic Mind, I feel good. They, they call it the world's first productivity drink. I just really like the taste, and I think it finishes really well. So you can get it, link in uh, description as well, 20% off. But if you do the auto ship, I think it's like 56%. Um, but you can just try it. Check it out. See if you like it. Keep it in the fridge. It doesn't take too much space. And just do what you got to do. I like to take it with one of my coffees, and it just finishes well, and it tastes great. So Magic Mind, totally good stuff. And appreciate them being a part of what I do because I made it part of my morning to have a better podcast and deliver better content for you. Because as I said, I try. So before I get into the stuff that I want to talk about, I, I will kind of tease it. I'll, I'll talk about the thing here for a moment about Ashton Kutcher. It's a, it's a little thing in his, I guess you call it a testimony, but a statement regarding the Ripper and I'm just like, why doesn't anybody kind of look at that a little bit deeper? Because is it a free pass because you're a celebrity and you just get these free passes all the time? But we're talking about not only one of the most dangerous killers, but one of the most high profile serial killer cases in L.A., not to mention, of course, Danny Masterson, a letter he wrote a judge there. So two high profile cases. But I'm going to get into the Ripper one because I just think it's interesting to talk about. But there's other stuff that's coming up with Brian Koberger. That's a big trial as well. Kind of reminds me of the Ripper in a way. Kind of reminds me of some other cases. But they've put off the date there. And so I'll be covering that. I've talked a lot about Koberger. But, you know, he spells his name Brian with a Y. Most of the time it's with an I. And so I was thinking about Brian. There's another guy named Brian out there. A lot of guys named Brian, but Brian with a Y. His name is Brian Johnson. He founded the um, service called Braintree quite a while ago, which is was kind of like the Stripe service back in the day, but Braintree. And then eBay bought his company for a lot of money. So he got to retire early. And now he's making a lot of news because he's just trying to discover the fountain of youth. He's spending millions of dollars, this guy, to look young as possible, even going so far as to take the blood from his son, put it in his body so he can somehow discover the fountain of youth. And there's just a lot of news on this. You can see pictures. But I looked at him today and I'm going... This guy is looking more and more like the fictional character, Patrick Bateman, of the movie American Psycho. Seriously is. Another axe-wielding serial killer. Now, I don't think Brian Johnson is a name. I don't think he's going around Atherton or San Jose or anywhere. He lives in those gated communities with a huge mansion. I don't think he's going into dark corners of those places and knifing homeless people on the street. Don't think that's happening I just think he's just starting to resemble that fictional character, Patrick Bateman. And that makes me nervous because I saw that today and I'm like, wow, uh, 
Brian with a Y. Are those guys crazy? Do you know any guys named Brian that's spelled with a Y? Hmm. Think about it for a second. Maybe look that up. But look at those pictures, and I'm not too far off of what that guy looks like compared to the fictional character when the when uh, Christian Bale is the actor who played him in the movie, uh, based on the Brett Easton Ellis novel. Taking the shower, doing all of the lotions on his face, and just the way he looks and his mannerisms, the way he slicks back his hair, it's getting creepy. Art, life, life, art. Well, there's a lot to talk about in that because we are talking about an actor today, Ashton Kutcher. I'm talking about two high-profile cases, and I mentioned the Hollywood Ripper because there is some talk about potential victims, early victims of Michael Gargiulo, who is the Ripper, the chiller killer, Mike the AC guy who stalked, who moved into the areas of his victims before he pounced on them with a knife. That's Mike. But early on, in the early 90s, he had some victims too. In fact, he had one uh, that's well known. Her name was Trisha. Summer 1993 in Illinois, Mike's home area of Illinois, um, knew her family, knew her. I believe she was a recent graduate of high school, but he knifed her to death on her porch patio one night and then left her for dead. The next morning she was discovered. She was, she was knifed to death, ugly attack. They had no idea what happened, highly unusual for the area. And then soon after, in August 90, 1993, Mike travels to Los Angeles to start a new life. But you know what? He was trying to escape the police. This was years ago. No internet. You can't solve a crime in two seconds using Google. No. So he was able to flee from there because they didn't have the evidence. But there's another girl. Her name, Cynthia Kemmler. Her name's been brought up recently. And she was killed in an area called River Forest in the Thatcher Woods area of Illinois, knifed to death about 10 times, found on a jogging path. Her body was not hidden so much as it was visible. She was a student, about 22 years old, Concordia University nursing student. Early June, she was brutally attacked, knifed to death. And it's been said, there's some talk about it, that it could be another early victim of Mike. And I think that that is highly possible there because who else other than that guy could commit such a crime? Because it's highly unusual stuff to have a guy with a knife, multiple stabbings on his victims. Because when he got to L.A. and he attacked Ashley Ellerin in her Hollywood bungalow before Ashton Kutcher was there to pick her up on a date to go to the Grammys early 2001, he attacked that girl 50 times or so with a knife, and it was incredibly brutal. So I think when he was starting out, and he definitely murdered Trisha, but I think when he was starting out, he did it about 10 times or 20 times. But by the time that he was building up his serial killer work, he was able to do 40, 50 times. He knew more of what he was doing. So I do believe that there is a good chance that Cynthia Kemmler early 1993 summer, June 2nd, 1993, in fact, that could be a victim of Mike the AC guy who subsequently moved to Los Angeles. Now, the thing that bothers me 
And I talk about free passes, like certain people get free passes. Uh, the thing that bothers me is that when she was murdered, and I'm speaking of Ashley Ellerin, she got out of the shower. She was murdered in the hallway uh, between the bathroom and probably where she was going, the bedroom. Mike, the AC guy, had got in because he knew how to do that stuff. Um, he had been stalking her. There's even a real creepy picture where he's photographed in her property at a party and he's in the background of a photo and you can just tell from the photo as they say a picture is worth a thousand words they allowed him there but they're excluding him from all the activities so he's just an outsider looking in and it's very scary but that was what he did now she was found the next morning by someone but about 10 hours at least 10 hours had passed from the time that she was murdered to the time that she was found and in the interim the actor, Ashton Kutcher, showed up to pick her up for an arranged date. And again, this was early 2001. I believe it was for the Grammys, uh, maybe an after party of some sort. He wasn't a well-known name at that time. He might have even been on the 70s or uh, that 70s show, which I'll talk about here in a minute. I, I'm not sure. Uh, but about 10 hours are passed from the time that her body was discovered in order to start the investigation. Because once you have that murdered body, just like every TV show with detectives or every movie has ever started out, they start out with the body and then they have a convo over the body and they begin the investigation. So her body had about 10 hours to just lay there wherever it was found. But Ashton had said in his, let's call it a testimony because he was in trial for that case. He had said that when he showed up, he looked in the window and thought that he saw not blood, but red wine that had been spilled on the carpet and then just assumed that there was a party already that happened and everybody left. And so then he left. And then when he found out that his date, Ashley, had been murdered, he was concerned not so much about that, but about his fingerprints on the door because he had went up to the door to put his hand on it or, as he said, look in the window. Uh, that is where in my author mind, I go, wait a minute, that just doesn't make sense. And the way that I look at it is say, you know, early 2000s, these people are in their 20s. I don't know how old Ashton was at that time, but their early 20s as well. I don't know anyone at that time in Los Angeles, early 20s, who's having a house party with younger people and they're sharing bottles of wine. It's beer or something else. They're not drinking wine. I would never imagine that unless you were over 40 years of age at that time or something. So to think that they were having a party, like a crazy party with bottles of wine, that's where I say, well, that's bullshit. Because I was in my 20s at that time, and I don't remember going anywhere to a to a, someone's home where they just opened bottles of wine and celebrated and had a crazy raucous party. No, it's cheap beer and it's possibly other stuff. And in the pictures that they have, the one that I mentioned with Mike in the background, uh, beer cans, I believe are shown. And you can just think about it that way. So I don't buy that somebody assumed that they had a a wine party and that wine was spilled on the carpet and it was time to leave. I don't buy that at all. So I don't know if there's anything else that can be said about that. But what I will say is that a few years later, 
in the narrative of Mike the AC guy, he murdered another victim. He attacked uh, a few people. One of them escaped his his knife, but one did not. So because the detectives and the police weren't able to get to her body right away, where possibly uh, Mr. Kutcher could have made a phone call and say, hey, something's not right. This isn't wine. It looks like there's blood. She's not answering the door. She's supposed to be with me. Everything's dark. I don't know what's going on. Please check it out. Now, if that were to happen, the cops showed up, then you save about 10 to 12 hours. I imagine it's about 10 hours at least from the time that her body's discovered. But in that interim, in that time frame, Mike is able to slip away. He is not really uh, focused on until there's a, a detective who looks at a, a, a traffic report to kind of match up some things that they're looking. And I believe it was where it, it was, I think it was a civil report where they were trying to look at, did somebody file a report like this and then match it up to Mike. You can look more about that, uh, the specific details, but that's really where it got the ball rolling, where they're trying to fit somebody for this murder. And then, of course, uh, going back to the police in L.A. or uh, excuse me, into Illinois and talking about him as well, which took some time. But there was at least uh, 10 hours or so that you could have had where they could have found her body and started the investigation. And maybe in that 10 hours, Mike does not slip away. He doesn't commit more murders. And that's the point. That's the point. There's nothing that can be done about it now, but I just do not buy the fact. I do not buy the story that you look in a window and say, oh, that's wine. A, they're not drinking wine. Nobody is at that age at that time. I had never seen it. So that doesn't sound right. And maybe that would have helped, but that's in the past. But here in the recent future, the recent news, there's another high pro profile case. It's the Danny Masterson case. It's the rape case where he wrote a letter on behalf of Danny or maybe without his knowledge to the judge saying that he was a role model, saying all sorts of things about him and talking about, I believe some of the excerpts that I've read have to do with his daughter, not growing up with a father but what about the daughters or the women who were raped? Nothing about the victim, only about the predator. So in that case, Danny Masterson was sentenced to 30 years and he could get out of jail, I believe after a certain amount of time, but it's really a life sentence if he doesn't get paroled, but he's going to do at least 30 years, maybe 25 years. He's going to be locked up. He is locked up. He's going to be that way. But Ashton had written a letter to the judge in that case. And that's another thing where that's something where I, I don't want to call it a free pass, but I don't want else to think about it, that you're allowed to do that. You're allowed to, um, in that letter, not talk about the victims, but the predator, the guy who is accused of uh, or was found guilty of at least three, but several more we're kind of put to the side and said, we're going to get these three rapes, but there were more to be had. So he's calling him a role model. He's calling, saying that growing up without a father figure for his daughter is terrible. It's like an injustice. 
Well, what about the injustice about the victims, those daughters or those girls who were, uh, did what uh, Danny Masterson had done to them through the, I guess, the Church of Scientology. And I've often looked at the church. I know there's a lot of uh, things about that in the media, about what they do. But I've often looked at Scientology as a way to get into Hollywood, meaning that if you go to Hollywood and you try to become somebody, then you're just like a million other people that did that the same year. You're just in that bunch. But if you join the church, then I do think they have inroads into acting. And therefore, you can get on shows and you can get jobs because it's like, join us to get this benefit. And I think that's what works. I think that's part of the deal. And therefore, when I see a lot of people that are in Scientology and they're doing acting roles, they're not having to play the bad guy. They're not having to play the drug addicts, things that are the the terrible characters. They get to play the cool guys or the good guys. And we did see his role on that 70s show, which I didn't watch a whole lot, but I remember it. And that's where Ashton Kutcher was on that show as well. And I'm not saying that Kutcher can't speak for the guy's character back then, but the free pass I'm talking about where you're not really held accountable to say, well, you know, we're calling bullshit on that wine argument. They're not drinking wine. They're drinking beer. Why would you think it was wine? Why didn't you do anything? And why didn't you make a phone call? Because 10 hours were were missed, and a few years later, uh, Mike was off killing other women, other people. So more people died because of that. And why, when you're writing your letter, why aren't you talking about the victims? Why aren't you talking about how bad that is? But can you have mercy? Because the guy I know had good character when I met him. Now, that would be okay, I think. But to paint another picture, I think it's just another free pass. And I think it has something to do with celebrity. And it just doesn't sound right. It doesn't fit. So I call bullshit on the wine thing. There's nothing that can be done about that. But I do think, as far as investigations go, when you have that meeting over the body, as they do in every movie and every TV show, they go from the body, then they go to the morgue and they talk to the 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 doctor that works on the body. It's, it's just a whole setup that they do in, in TV that doesn't really work in, in real life. But what, what works in real life is when you do find the body, you can start the investigation from there and, and work uh, chronologically, as they say. Well, 10 hours is like 10 years in an investigation. If you miss that 10 hours, wow. So Mike was able to slip away and I call bullshit on that one. I also call bullshit on a letter where you're talking about girls there were once girls they were they were young women but they were once girls and saying nothing about them but talking about something else and that just looks bad but hey you know with a celebrity i guess you get free passes you get free passes and i call bs on that so in wrapping up this episode here on DV where I talk about things that I know for sure you're not hearing on other podcasts, but it's a reason to come back for more because I will have more for you. I think that Mike, the AC guy, the chiller killer, the killer next door, the guy who moved into his victims areas to stalk them before he killed them. One of the scariest guys I've seen. 
And I do believe that he started young because I don't think you commit your first murder of a girl and knife her over 40, 50 times, nearly uh, taking her head off in the process. I don't think that's your first one is what I'm saying. So we know about Trisha, but to have Cynthia Kemmler, the nursing student, and then another person that was, uh, I think it was May of 1993 in the same area, young girl, knife murder, still unsolved. My point is who other than Mike Garziola, the Hollywood Ripper, who would become the Hollywood Ripper, but was really the, the killer, the young killer in Illinois, who other than that guy could do those crimes at that time, especially when Trisha is a known victim at the same time? I think it matches up like 80 to 90%. I mean, you've got to have DNA. You've got to have all other evidence, which is why these things are unsolved. But I think that guy started early and that Ashley was not the first one. But I think if Ashton, both have Ash in their name, but I think if Ashton says, hey, that's not wine. Nobody drinks wine. We're not drinking wine. I haven't seen them drink wine. It's got to be blood. Something here is not right. She's not answering. He was on a TV show or he had some acting gigs. So is she going to stand him up? I don't think so. Even if he's five, 10 minutes late, an hour late, I think she still shows up for the date. She had texted him. It is reported that she was just getting out of the shower or taking a shower. She's getting ready for him. She's getting ready for him. Nothing happened other than the fact that she was murdered. That was blood on the carpet. He put his hands on there, but did not call police. He bolted. He didn't want to be part of it. When he found out that it was true that she was murdered, he was concerned about his fingerprints being on the door. So that 10 hours was 10 years. And that's a big deal. That's a big deal. Writing a letter, also not focusing on the victims, at least when you're starting that letter. I don't know. Why would you think that way? That's a free pass. Hopefully there's no more free passes, but if you're a celebrity, I guess you get one and you get roles like, Hey, no problem. Here's another movie role. People will forget about it, but I haven't forgot about it. I talk about it here on Drowning Verkdal. More interesting stuff for you. Thanks for joining me today. Checking out Crime Network, be more part of what I do. I'll have more for you. But on this episode, I'm out. Have a good one. Talk to you next time. Thank you. Bye.